0: Hello, this is Pastor Ryan Clark. You are listening to a message from St. John's Lutheran Church in Buffalo, Minnesota. Praise, praise, peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Have you ever had one of those days where it just seems to go from bad to worse? It seems like you're on a downward trajectory and it, it just from... It may be circumstances that you're going through, it may be kind of an emotional thing, but it just seems like it's not going to get any better. Well, I had a day like that on Monday. It was a horrible day. I woke up, and I I don't know if I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, or if it was just a number of things that my family and our church family are going through, but it just seemed really, really heavy. My wife came up to me and she said, Is everything okay? Are you all right? And I said, I don't know. I just, I'm not feeling well. Just really, really struggling that morning. But I'm happy to tell you that in an instant, my whole day changed. What happened? Well, I got a telephone call. It was one of those FaceTime calls. And this is what I saw. My granddaughter. And as soon as I saw my granddaughter, all of my day just changed immediately. Pretty soon, you can't really see my face, but I had this big grin on my face, and the whole rest of my day was totally different. I guess you could say that when my daughter and my granddaughter stepped into my living room through that little phone of mine, everything changed. I was thinking about that this week because as I look at the epistle lesson for today when God steps in everything changes everything changes I was so excited because usually it takes like Wednesday Thursday Friday for me to start realizing what God wants to say to you his people but. This past week on Monday, he basically laid it all out for me. Even the title of this message, when God steps in. So I really believe that this is an important message for all of us here at St. John's. So we're going to be going through 2 Peter chapter 3, our epistle lesson here today. And 2 Peter takes place at the end of Peter's life. He knows that he's about ready to die and go home to his eternal inheritance with the Lord in heaven. But there are some very important things that he wants to make sure we understand before he goes. And in chapter 3 he says this, Above all, you must understand that in the last days, so what we're going to be talking about is the last days which I think most of us believe that we are in, in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. So like Paul was saying just a little bit ago, It is promised in the Bible that Jesus not only came 2,000 years ago, but he's coming again. We read this in Acts chapter 1 where the angel says, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. That's a promise. He is coming back very soon. Now as we're reading in Second Peter chapter 3, it says that in the last days, people are going to be scoffing and saying, that's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. Because it's been a long time since he came the first time, and we don't even really believe that he came the first time. But everything's just been going on the same day after day, year after year. It's never going to change. People are going to be coming more and more in the years to come with that message. Nothing is going to change. It's just going to remain the way it is forever and ever and ever. Well, Peter says this in verse 5, But they deliberately forget that long ago by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of the water and by water. What is Peter saying here? He's saying, there are times, and have been throughout history, that God steps in, and when He does, everything changes. The first time that he stepped into history and everything changed was at the very beginning, at creation. It says in Genesis 1, "Then God said, "Let there be light." And there was light. Think about it. It's mind-boggling, but God has always been here. Always. There wasn't a time in history that God wasn't. And so there were, there were millennia upon millennia upon millennia where God was there and there wasn't anything with him. There wasn't any creation But then according to the Bible, just a few thousand years ago, everything changed when God stepped in. And how did he do it? By the power of his words. He spoke and everything came to be. It says in Psalm 33, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, the starry hosts by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. So Peter's saying, there are times. And remember that first time, that first time that God stepped in and everything changed, is when by the power of his mouth from the waters he made everything that there is. And then he says in verse 6, By these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. Now he's talking about a second time that God stepped in and everything changed. On that timeline, that was the global flood. that I have made them. These are hard words to take, aren't they? And so what happened? God sent Noah and his family to build a really, really big boat called the ark. And it says for 40 days the flood kept coming on the earth. And as the waters increased, they lifted the ark high above the earth Every living thing that moved on the land perished. Birds, livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that swarm over the earth, and all mankind. Now the Bible tells us that it took Noah and his family a long time to make this boat, over a hundred years. So think about it. As people are going past Noah's place and they're seeing this boat continuing to be built I'm sure in that day there were a whole lot of scoffers too. I'm sure they were saying, What are you doing? You're wasting your life working on this big boat. Nothing's going to change. Things are just going to go on the way that they always have. But when the rain started, they realized that when God steps in, everything changes. And that global flood, there is evidence of it all over the entire world. Do you know that on every continent in the world, there are stories of a global flood that took place? And the evidences are all over the world that God, so many years ago, stepped in and everything changed. Verse 7, by that same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. So what is he saying? He's saying God is going to step in one last time as well. He says in the next verse, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So that global flood, if you you figure up all of the years, took place over 4,000 years years ago that's a long time ago but he's coming again now some people may say well he's slow in fulfilling his promise but Peter says he's not slow in fact there's a method to the reason that he's taking such a long time what is that because he doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants to give as much time as possible for each and every person to receive Jesus so that they can go home to be with him in heaven instead of to a much darker and worse place. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. These are promises. Everything's going to change the next time that God steps in to history. And then he goes on to say, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be as you're waiting for that day? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destructions of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with His promise, we who are believers are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless blameless and at peace with him all of this is coming it's not just going to go on as it always has if you are living in sin doing something that God doesn't want you to do then you have to ask yourself the question do I really believe this because if I believe that he could come any day and it looks from everything around us that we are in those last few days, how do I want, what do I want him seeing me doing when he comes again? That's why he says make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Now what's the problem? Well, the obvious problem is this. It says in Romans 1, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. We have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. If we're honest, when we look in the mirror, what do we see? We see that every one of us have failed the Lord every day of our life. We have to say that we have not made every effort to be spotless and blameless before the Lord. And he's coming again very soon. Where does that leave us? Well, thank God. The Bible talks about one other very important time that God stepped into history and everything changed. 2,000 years ago, God sent His Son. It says in Galatians chapter 4, but when the set time had fully come, when God, that perfect time that God had intended to send His Son, had come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Now this was something that evidently not everybody in heaven and in hell understood. In fact, it says in Matthew chapter 8, When Jesus arrived at the other side in the region of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, Son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us? Here's the important words. Before the appointed time? In other words, we know from your word, Jesus, that you're coming at the end of time. You're going to step into history and everything is going to be done. And the only ones that are going to be saved on that day are the ones that are holy and righteous and perfect. Why have you come in the middle of time? This is unexpected. Well, why did he come? Jesus came to live a perfect life in our place because he knew you and I couldn't do it. And then on top of that, he came to die in our place to take the punishment that you and I deserve so that there would be no more punishment left for us so that on that day when he does come again for the very last time to change everything once and for all we who believe would be okay you see at just the right time when we were still powerless Christ died for the ungodly but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners Christ died for us. And not only did he die on that cross, but then he rose again and ascended up into heaven. And once he was in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father, then he became, as John the Baptist says in our Gospel lesson for today, the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, the one who now sends his Holy Spirit down into all of us who are baptized believers. And by that Holy Spirit, he has an intimate connection with you and with me. So as we look at God's Bible timeline, we remember these words from 2 Corinthians 6, In the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Because Jesus unexpectedly to all heaven and hell came in the middle of time, now between that day when he came and the day when he's coming again, you and I are living in the time of God's favor. Because Jesus has paid for our sins and He has washed us clean, now the Holy Spirit can come and help us in our lives. In other words, when we call out to Him, He can come over and over and over and over into our lives. And remember, whenever God steps in, Everything changes. Miracles happen. This is why we have a monthly healing service. Because we really do believe that Jesus stepped into history on that first Christmas and washed us clean of all of our sins through his life, death, and resurrection. So now we're living in his favor. And when we call out to him, he can come and help us in whatever we're going through. Thank you, Jesus, that you came in the middle of history so that when you come at the end, everything's going to be okay. One last thing. As we put a bow on our sermon here today, it's this. Back to those words from 2 Peter 3, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. As I mentioned before, if you add up all the years in the Bible, it looks like creation happened sometime around 4,000 B.C. The global flood took place in about 2,300 B.C. Jesus came around 0 A.D. and died around 30 A.D. And it says in Hosea 6, after two days, he will revive us. On the third day, He will restore us so that we may live in His presence. If a day is like a thousand years, then we've gone through six days, haven't we? Four thousand days leading up to A.D. and two thousand years since then. Since Jesus came again, it's been almost in a few years, two days. Remember, a day is like a thousand years. After two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will restore us that we may live in his presence. How many days was in a week when God created the first week? Seven days. And on the seventh day, he rested. Could it be that God has told us that somewhere in this time period in which we live, because we won't know the day or the hour, but we are not to be ignorant of the time in which we live, that he's coming again very soon. After two days he will revive us, and on the third day he will restore us. Jesus Christ is coming again very soon. Praise be to God that during this Christmas season, he came in the middle of history to save us. And now we look forward to that time. We live our lives for him. As we learn in this time of Advent, Advent is about a time of waiting excitedly, knowing that our best days are ahead of us. May we all be ready for that day, putting our trust In Jesus Christ, amen. You've been listening to a sermon from St. John's Lutheran Church in Buffalo, Minnesota. If you would like more information about St. John's and any of our ministries to our community and beyond, you can go to our website, www.stjohnsbuffalo.org. Thank you, and God bless you.